Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Jordan Younger, your host of the Balanced Blonde Soul on Fire podcast. Here we go deep on all things astrology, awakening, wellness, motherhood, channeling, aliens, and so much more. We have deep conversations. We go to other realms. It's a lot of fun. So stick around. Let's dive on in. I cannot wait to connect. Hello, my favorite people. Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy that you're here. Today, you have me for a solo episode, and I am very excited about it. I've been excited to record this all day. Solos are my favorite way to connect with you guys. So whether you are new to the podcast or you've been here since day one, hello. It's going to be like we're hanging out today. As if you can just imagine being in my room with me, that's where I am right now, sitting on my floor, and I decided we need to do a Q&A episode today. It's been a while since we've done a pure Q&A. Usually I'll tell stories, I'll get into life updates and all that kind of stuff. But today there were so many questions that you guys sent in that I'm just going to weave my life updates into the Q&A itself. So you guys mostly wanted to know all of the updates on anxiety, spirituality, motherhood, what life has looked like lately, hormone balancing, which is a huge topic. And I promised you guys that I would do a solo episode on that. So we are going to focus on that today, but also just tons of amazing questions that you guys had about everything from star seeds to detoxing to friendship and beyond. So let's just go ahead and get into it. And then I also want to say I've had a lot of requests lately to record a solo episode all about my story, basically from beginning to end. And it'll be hard not to talk for 19 hours to tell you guys all the details. But I do feel like there needs to be an episode where I just kind of reintroduce myself, talk about the autoimmune journey, the blogging journey, all the entrepreneurial stuff, because tomorrow, which is June 18th, and by the time you guys will hear this, like less than a week later, is my 10-year blogging anniversary. So it's very, very fitting that I do kind of like a reintroduction. And it's also been almost eight years of podcasting. How crazy is that? So wild and so grateful. I feel like I have the best listeners in the world where I can just sit on my floor, record into my headphones and 
do this for a job. I feel very, very lucky. So with that, I really want to get into your questions and I do all of this for you. So I want to give back to you guys. I, I took time picking questions that came in quite frequently. So sometimes it's like a one-off question that just one person had if I thought it was a really interesting question. But often the questions that I choose have been sent in again and again. And that's how I decide to structure the episodes. And it also just gives me a really good idea of content for the future too. Not just for the podcast, but for the blog, for Instagram, etc. So let's get into it. I'm also going to shout you guys out unless it's a particularly personal question and then I'll keep it anonymous. So this question is from Lauren Hausworth. How to explain chronic invisible pain to others. It's so discouraging and it just adds to feeling alone. I totally understand. I have had quite the journey with chronic and very invisible pain pretty much my whole life. So when I was a kid, my family thought I was just being dramatic or making it up that foods always made my stomach hurt and that the sound of other people chewing sent like shivers down my spine, which is called misophonia, by the way. But I know that you're talking about chronic pain and chronic pain is the worst. It's crazy because people can look at you. And for example, right now I have a spray tan. I have my hair recently highlighted. I have makeup on, so I'm like glowing and I'm out in public and people are telling me, I'm so happy that you're doing so well and you're so healthy and you're really radiating, which is so kind. And obviously I love hearing stuff like that. But when I feel on the inside, like I am 99 years old and my bones feel like they're breaking and my joints feel like they're on fire from autoimmune, it is just really hard because I think it's one of the hardest things in the world when your outer self doesn't reflect your inner self. That's what causes many of us to feel anxiety or depression or even to disassociate from the situation of being chronically ill. So my biggest tip is to be really open with the people in your life. And of course, not with everybody, not with like the person that you're getting your coffee from in the morning, but have that circle of people in your life, whether it's your family or a couple of close friends where you can just be your real self and where you're telling other people like, yeah, I'm doing fine today because that's what we do sometimes just to get through life. You have those people that you can look at and be like, you know what? I am not doing okay. And people that you know can listen to you and that they'll understand and maybe not understand from a firsthand experience because so many people can't, but people who respect you, even if you're different from them and who can really hear you out and make you feel seen and heard. And those are what I like to call reciprocal friendships, reciprocal relationships. You might not understand the pain that they're going through, but you hold space for them and they hold space for you. And it's just really beautiful to be open and to not pretend. And if you don't feel like you have anyone in your life who you can talk to in that way, I would say turn to the internet or turn to a support group. I know like I used to find a lot of friends at yoga studios or yoga retreats 
or even events of like-minded things that I really liked to do. And that's how I cultivated a lot of the people who are in my life now, as well as online. So if you follow a podcast, for example, or a blogger, like look in the comments at the other people who are commenting, or if there's a Facebook group for the podcast, I know people have found groups of friends that way through our Soul on Fire group when we were all more active on Facebook. But my point is you deserve to have people that you can talk to, to know that you're not alone and to not have to bottle it all up inside. Because I feel like the most depressing, most challenging elements of invisible chronic pain are just everybody thinking that you're okay and almost living this lie because you're trying to live up to other people thinking that you're well. So I'm just practicing radical honesty, just speak in my heart. I will speak to anyone and tell them I am having a hard day. I'm having a lot of anxiety. And you'd be surprised at how well people can really resonate and relate and the space they can hold, even if it's not something that they've experienced firsthand. And I'm here for you. You're not alone. I see you. And I'm so happy that you're here. Okay, the next question that we got a lot of was, what made you decide to start incorporating animal protein back into your diet again? That question is from Kathy Liu. Amazing question. I know that is the question of the hour. Everybody wants to know because I have talked so much about the plant-based life. It was a huge part of my brand, my career, not just this time around for the last five years, but even back to the origins of my first blog, The Blonde Vegan, 10 years ago. And what can I say? I ebb and flow with life. I have always been an intuitive eater and an intuitive person. And that's why for the last six-ish years, no, I think eight years of being vegan again, I have always said, I eat this way because intuitively, this is what feels right to me. This is what sounds good to me. And many times I felt like if I crave something else, I will have it. But I also felt so passionate about being plant-based. And when you are plant-based, it's very easy to become obsessed with everything about the lifestyle because it is amazing, let's be honest, to eat these beautiful plant foods, eating from the rainbow, knowing how good this food is for your body, getting passionate about the animals, all of the documentaries that are out there now. I mean, we know without a doubt that eating a lot of plants in our diet is good for us. So it feels amazing on a health level. It felt amazing to me on an environmental level and of course for the animals. So it was very hard, very emotional for me to realize that intuitively this is not the way that my body wanted me to eat after I had a baby. So I started craving everything from bone broth to chicken to steak, like actual burgers sounded so good to me. And this was after seven or eight years of honestly, not even being able to look at a burger or steak and even think that this looked like food to me because I was so far down the passionate vegan path. But now this is what my body wanted. And for about six to eight months, I completely denied myself these cravings. I told myself, maybe I need more of this vitamin. Maybe I'll take this supplement. Maybe I just need to eat more nuts or more saturated fats or 
I tried all these different things and sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. So being the intuitive person that I am and always knowing that I have to put my health first, I know there are ethical vegans out there who would absolutely crucify me for saying that I would put my health first because there are ethical vegans who really believe there is nothing more important than not eating animals. And I respect and appreciate those people. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who feel that way. I see you. I respect you. I appreciate you. And I think what makes the world a beautiful place is that we can all respect each other, even if we choose to be different. So I was always in it really to be a healthy person at the end of the day. I don't believe we can deny our bodies what they're asking for in the name of a dietary label. I just don't think that's long-term effective or safe for longevity. Our bodies are so wise. And that's really what I believe deep, deep down is if we're craving something, and I'm not talking about craving like Oreos or, you know, pizza, like greasy pizza. I'm talking about like when your body is clean and pure and detoxified the way that I really live my life in such a healthy way and it's craving and wanting something, then you better believe it's craving and wanting the nutrients from what it's asking you to eat. And after denying my body for a while, like I said, because so passionate about the plant-based lifestyle, also nervous because my brand revolved so heavily around the plant-based lifestyle. I finally decided I'm just going to listen to myself and see how this goes. And I definitely had moments over the course of many, many months where I would say to Jonathan and myself, okay, I'm just going to have this one burger, but then that's it. You know, that's going to satisfy the craving. I'm going to get what I need from it. And then I am plant-based from here forward. And I did this so many times. And I think that is the definition of an extreme personality. I've always been that way where I just really hold tightly to what I believe I am or what I believe I want to be. But I now know that letting go of anything outer that we use to identify ourselves is so important. Like my identity is so far beyond being a vegan or being the balanced blonde, a podcaster, any of these things. What really matters to me is my soul. And when we leave this planet, I I tell myself this every day, we don't take veganism with us. We don't take our diet with us. We take with us like the vitality that we experienced on this planet, the health, the energy, the love, the accomplishments, the relationships with our soul family. So I hope that nobody feels like I'm over explaining myself, but this is just a question that I get so much that I really wanted to touch on it here. And I can point people here now when they ask that question, but I also want to say I may end up being plant-based again. I'm definitely in a really transient place where I'm really open to 
months of my life that are very protein heavy, months of my life that are very vegetable heavy, and just riding these waves and nothing has ever felt better. Which brings me to the next question. I mean, quickly, I'll touch on this. Are Jonathan and Atticus still vegan? Jonathan is still vegan, but Atticus is eating a little more like me. And that's something that at first was a really challenging thing in our house because Jonathan and I had all of these goals and anticipations of raising Atticus plant-based, but we really have to listen also to our kids. And I was noticing from a very young age, Atticus was pretty picky and we didn't have a whole lot of options that he was loving. Like his favorite foods are broccoli and avocado, which are so healthy. And I love that, but I wanted him to have variety and like a really robust gut microbiome. And I just know too much to kind of like limit him at this point. That said, anyone who's choosing to raise their kids plant-based, I think that's amazing. Right now at this stage in my life with what I'm eating, it was just not the path for us because he sees what I'm eating and I just don't want him to feel like anything's off limits. And when he reaches a certain age, if he tells me, mommy, I don't want to eat animals. I want to be vegan. I want to be vegetarian. I will support him. He will have the best mom who knows what to do and the best dad because of all of our years in the vegan world. And I do think it's a healthy, totally normal way to raise a baby for them to be plant-based. But for us right now, we're just giving him more stuff and I feel really good about it. So that brings me to my next question. I'm trying to look for the question, but it doesn't even matter because it came in so many forms. How am I balancing my hormones? What am I doing specifically to balance my hormones? How did I lose so much weight, quote unquote? And let's get into that. Okay. So you guys know, if you've been following me for a while, I don't think weight loss is a dirty word. I think we have every right to want to feel healthy and want to feel as amazing and as good and as energized as we possibly can in our bodies. And I think because of the way that diet culture has shifted over the last five or 10 years, weight loss became this dirty word. Don't talk about it. So triggering, blah, blah, blah. And that can be true in some conversations, but of course there's nuance and complexity and everything. And I'm such a fan of just this podcast being an open place where we can talk about wanting to feel our best. That often can translate to wanting to look our best. Who wouldn't want to look their best? And it's not about losing weight, gaining weight, but really for me, in my body, weight has always been an indication to me if my body's happy or if it's inflamed or off or something's going on that I need to pay more attention to. So when my hormones are off or when I'm really inflamed and having a very intense flare from autoimmune or Lyme or any of those things, I will gain weight. I will blow up like a puffer fish. That's how I feel. That's how I look. And definitely after having a baby, it took me about 14 months to start feeling good again, to really feel like myself again and back in my body. So I think a lot of you have noticed fairly 5-4. Every single pound on me is something that I can personally notice. But the other thing is that my body has gotten stronger and more toned. And I think that's something that people are noticing that maybe is resulting in people asking more questions about my body, what I'm doing for working out, how I'm balancing hormones. 
And I also think that when we lose inflammation, oh my God, it does us so many favors. And I had many, many deep layers of inflammation for so long. And I still do. I mean, as I'm recording this, I'm scratching the shit out of my arms because I have eczema. I still have a lot of inflammation to work on. But internally, a lot of the inflammation has been healing because of the rigorous, healthy lifestyle that I live with cleansing, detoxing, eating pure foods, doing colonics, taking Chinese herbs, going to my acupuncturist, all the things that I could possibly do. And that's the life that I have to live because of living with a chronic autoimmune condition. So to answer the question about how I have worked on my hormones, it has been quite the journey. I have known even since before I was pregnant, my hormones were quite off, but then I got pregnant. Everything was healthy and had a good, healthy pregnancy. Postpartum, I knew that things were very up and down. So this year, I finally did the Dutch test and I also did the Veracity self-care hormone test. You can use the code BALANCED for a discount with them. They're a sponsor of the podcast. The Dutch test is not a sponsor of the podcast, but I did that test with my functional medicine doctor. And that is like the holy grail if you want to see all your hormones. And I think I can read blood work pretty well and labs and hormones because after you've had an autoimmune condition, we joke that we become unofficial PhDs, unofficial doctors, which is obviously just a joke. But when I look at the Dutch test results, it is a foreign freaking language to me because it goes so deep. So when I went over the results with my functional medicine doctor a couple months ago, she was able to show me that my estrogen was off the charts, super high. I don't even know how it got that high, especially because we worry about estrogen and things like plastic water bottles or like foods that are wrapped in plastic or maybe some of these toxic foods that I haven't touched with a 10-foot pole in decades. So my doctor was really surprised because she was saying someone who lives as clean of a lifestyle as I do, it's surprising to see estrogen rise so high. But I'm always a surprise to doctors, always have been. So who knows how that took place? It doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter what made it skyrocket so high. What matters is knowing about it now and being able to do something about it. Also, when I did that test, I was able to see that my cortisol was very up and down, which accounts for a lot of the chronic fatigue that I have. I've been backwards for so long with my sleep schedule where in the night I have all of my energy and when I wake up in the morning, I don't have any energy. That has to do with cortisol and things being flipped. So I've been working on that. But I also saw on that test that my progesterone was normal. My testosterone was normal. DHA was normal. And for years with Lyme, all of that stuff was not normal. Like I had no progesterone, no testosterone in the past. So this was very good and probably accounts for why I feel a lot better than I used to. And now I'm addressing the estrogen. So a couple of things that I'm taking specifically to focus on balancing the estrogen are different herbal supplements to help my liver detoxify the estrogen and move it through the body. Because basically if our liver 
is not functioning properly, then things will become stuck and stagnant. That's when hormones get off balance, but especially when estrogen gets super high, which can cause everything from really painful periods to migraines, to inflammation, to very high anxiety, which as you guys know, if you listen to the show is something that I deal with. So I was happy to find out that my estrogen was so high because that accounted for some of the anxiety that I've been experiencing, which I have been certain was very biochemical and hormonal. And of course, it's emotional too, but it was really healing to learn that it was definitely hormonal as well, because that's something that we can work on. And alongside of therapy and everything else that I'm doing for anxiety, just so helpful to learn that I can balance out my estrogen. So something that I'm taking is called FemGuard and balance. It's from Designs for Health. This is not sponsored. I just want to let you guys know why I'm taking it. It has dim in it, which is really good for lowering estrogen. It has broccoli seed extract, resveratrol, chaste tree extract, vitamin B12, methylated for those of us with the MTFHR gene. And it has green tea extract and a couple of other things. I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you if you should take it. I don't know if you should run out and buy it. If you have high estrogen, you should definitely talk to your doctor. But I just wanted to describe to you guys what I am doing because you guys really wanted me to get specific and I want to make this as valuable for you as possible. I'm also taking another supplement called Dim Detox, which continues to help detox estrogen through the liver. And then I'm doing colonics every week. I take my oxy powder, oxygenated magnesium. So we're moving everything through the colon, through the liver, through the gallbladder. Super important for those of us who have trouble detoxifying. So the MTFHR genetic mutation that I mentioned, a lot of us have it. It's very common. And when I found out that I had that, that accounted for why certain things like being exposed to mold or Lyme disease in the body were so intense for me when they could be a little bit less intense for other people who detoxify a little more easily. I'm also on a very intense supplement protocol for detoxifying Lyme, more Lyme out of the body, more mold out of the body, all these different mycotoxin herbs and something called biocidin because they found that I have H. pylori in my gut. So that's something that we want to get rid of. I am rigorous about taking my probiotics. I take Just Thrive Health. You can use the code BALANCED for a discount. We had the founder on the show. Just rigorous, rigorous, rigorous about my supplements because they make a world of difference for me. And then I do a lot of low impact exercise. I haven't done any high intensity exercise in a long time. As much as I miss running and doing Orange Theory from time to time, I've really been enjoying doing Pilates, doing yoga. I try to get to hot yoga at least once a week. And then I walk on the treadmill. I do the 12, 3, 30 on the treadmill. I do a lot of long walks with Atticus in his stroller, walks with my parents, Jonathan. I'm always walking, always trying to get more than 10,000 steps a day. And it's that low impact exercise that has been so good to me. So I think the combination of knowing what's going on with my hormones, taking the supplements, low impact exercise, of course, eating healthy, nourishing foods, 
doing colonics, acupuncture, really taking care of my body. I do the sauna every couple of days. We have the infrared sauna in our home. And I know not everybody has access to that. But if you live near a place where you can use the infrared sauna, highly recommend. This is a hot take, but do be careful with cold plunges. I used to think cold plunges were the end all be all for hormones and to do the cold plunging and then the sauna. But if you do have adrenal issues or like high stress in your body, then it's not necessarily the best time for you to be doing cold plunges because it can put more stress on the adrenals. Go listen to the episode that I did with Dr. Stephen Cabral earlier this year to learn more about that because I think it really helped me when he told me to lay off the cold plunging. What does skincare down there look like for you? Chances are you're using fragranced bar soaps and body washes to cleanse your vulva, which is doing more harm than good. That's why Love Wellness is on a mission to make vaginal care simpler, safer, and more effective than what we were once used to. They formulate products without parabens, sulfates, fragrances, or any other harsh ingredients that might disrupt the vaginal pH and dry out the skin. And based on their over 50,000 five-star reviews, Love Wellness is essential intimate care. If you're not sure where to start, kick off your vaginal care routine. With their pH balancing cleanser, unlike ordinary cleansers, this gentle cleanser is specifically designed for your vulva and made with safe hydrating ingredients like aloe vera and calendula. Soothe and nourish your vulva and bikini area with their new Comfy Cream, a fragrance-free moisturizer. It's a cleaner, safer take on body lotion made to protect your most sensitive skin. Love Wellness believes that caring for your vagina shouldn't be complicated. Their science-backed, doctor-developed solutions make feeling your best V simple. Visit lovewellness.com and use code BALANCED15 for 15% off your first purchase. That is L-O-V-E-W-E-L-L. N-E-S-S.com. Use code BALANCED15 for 15% off your first order. Enjoy. Let's talk about good money habits. We recently had Ramit Sethi on the show, and it was so fun to have a conversation about finances. Everybody loved it. I was so impressed by how many of you felt like your lives were changed after listening to the episode. My life was changed after listening. And good money habits start with your very first paycheck. And if you just scored your first job, you've got an opportunity to jumpstart a healthy financial journey. When you sign up for Chime and link a qualifying direct deposit, you get access to benefits like getting paid up to two days early and fee-free overdrafts up to two hundred dollars and with chime there are no monthly fees no minimum balance and no deposit required to become a member i feel like this is incredibly helpful and i know we have a lot of listeners who are early on in their journey with their career i just want everybody to know about this because i feel like it's a must so of course as always we have a special deal for you guys for our tbb listeners sign up for a chime checking account today to link to your your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash balanced. That is chime.com slash balanced. 
Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com slash spot me. Okay, head to chime.com slash balanced for your special discount. Okay, so let's get on to the next question. I could talk about all of these all day. This one will just be a quick and easy, fun one. Everyone's been asking my tanning routine. So I go to a place in Santa Monica called Sugared and Bronzed. They do airbrush tanning. It's organic. It's natural. They use beets and just an organic bronzer. I get the shade three. I do it before photo shoots. I had a big photo shoot this week with Atticus with an amazing mother baby photographer. Highly recommend her. You'll see her all over my Instagram once I start posting these photos, but that's my tanning routine. I also love the brand Lux Unfiltered that was started by Sivan Ayla. She's another blogger who I've known for a long time. If you just want to do an at-home routine, I know that is natural as well. It's pregnancy safe. She started it when she was pregnant, so check that out. Okay, next question, an SSRI update. This is from Nicole. Everybody wanted to know about the SSRI update and you guys, I am thrilled to be talking about this. I don't think there's anything I could be more honored to talk about than this because of the messages that I've gotten from listeners telling me that learning that I was on an SSRI helped you start taking one or be open to taking one. I know that so many people who listen to this show are very much like me and that we are very holistically minded. We aren't sure about taking medications. There's a ton of medications I won't take. I didn't even take Advil my whole pregnancy. I'll barely take an ibuprofen to this day. So I was not the girl who was jumping for anxiety medication, even though I've been struggling with anxiety my whole life. Even when I started having debilitating panic attacks that took over most of my life for the first three months of this year, I was very scared to start taking an anxiety medication. I didn't know if I was going to be a good candidate for it. I was absolutely terrified that if I started taking it, then I would have to be on it forever. I was terrified of the side effects. I was basically just worried and I can tell you what made me more comfortable starting to take it was knowing a lot of people in my life who take anxiety medication or SSRIs for depression or anxiety and people telling me how helpful it was for them. Everyone from my mom to some of my longtime best friends to just a lot of people in my life, as well as my therapist. Everyone encouraged me. This is a good time for you to just give it a try. And if it doesn't work for you, you don't have to stay on it forever. Basically, I've been using it as a Band-Aid for this open wound of this debilitating anxiety that I started to experience after getting uh, a glimpse into some unprocessed memories from childhood that got re-exposed at the end of last year through psychedelic therapy. So I was definitely in need of something because I could barely function. So I started taking an SSRI at that time. A lot of you wanted to know which one I'm on. 
And I didn't feel comfortable sharing last time that I recorded a podcast about this, but I'll tell you guys today. And I just didn't feel comfortable sharing because I don't ever want you guys to compare yourselves to me. But if this can be helpful to anyone, I will share that I'm taking Prozac. And I I started taking Prozac because I knew that this was a medication that was already working well for people in my family, meaning we have similar DNA. So it was a better, higher chance of it working for me. I take a really low dose, really, really low dose, the lowest dose possible, which gives me some peace because when I do want to get off of it at a certain point, I am not taking a really high amount. And sometimes I think that probably is harder to wean off of, but also there's absolutely no shame whatsoever in taking an anxiety medication and then staying on it, staying on it for as long as you need stay on it forever. If you need to, there is no prize for suffering through life. There's none. And I never thought there was, that was never something for me that I felt like, Oh, I'm just going to suffer through this. I just didn't really believe in medication because of the way that I am and being so holistically minded. I felt like I don't know if it would really help or if what I should be doing is getting to the root cause. But what I really, really appreciate about being on being on an SSRI is that I have been able to go deeper and get deeper into the root cause of my issues, my problems, my traumas, my history because of being on the SSRI. And I've been able to do that because going back into some of those painful childhood memories or even talking about traumatic memories in my life is more doable. Now I have a different baseline and it's just given me more peace. I realized I've had this story in my head from my whole adult life that I'm someone who doesn't know how to focus, quote unquote, who gets distracted really easily, who has a lot of trouble finishing long-term projects someone who can have a lot of social anxiety. And what I've learned since starting to take this medication is that that was actually anxiety blocking me from doing a lot of things that I have been perfectly capable of doing, but I just started to really believe that anxious mind. So taking the medication helped to lift so much of this fog that had been over me for a long time, making me feel like maybe I'm not capable. I have had chronic illness. Maybe I don't have energy. Maybe I can't do things the way normal, normal, quote unquote, other people can. But I just needed to lift the edge off of that anxiety. And now that I've seen what it's like to live with much lower anxiety, and I am doing the deep, deep work, getting to the root causes in therapy twice a week, doing meditation, working with healers, all the things I'm seeing that hopefully... I will be able to wean off of the medication at some point and I will still be able to hold on to all these benefits because now I know my real baseline is so much different than I thought it was. I'm so capable. I'm so joyful. I don't have to have social anxiety. I don't have to have anxiety about finishing things that I really care about, like writing my next book. Like I'm perfectly capable of waking up every day and writing. I just got so stuck behind this mental block that I wasn't capable because we are the programs that run in our mind. We are truly just a product of what we believe about ourselves to be true. So this SSRI has helped me and really been a tool for me 
to believe something different about myself, to see my life differently. It has been such a gift, such a game changer. It has been the ultimate healer in my life. And when I take it every day, I tell myself God is in the medication because I am such a spiritual person. And I do believe that God, aka the universe, whatever you believe in, put all things that are on earth on earth for a reason. And this medication is on earth for a reason. And I kind of discovered and realized that it would be helpful for me at the perfect time, also for a reason. And it's all divine. So my big thing, and I'm just letting you guys into my most innermost thoughts right now and anxieties, is that I do want to have another child. Toward the end of this year, I would love to try to get pregnant and maybe I'll change my mind. So please, please don't be one of those people who at the end of the year starts asking if I'm pregnant because you never know what's going on behind closed doors. I might not be ready. There might be other things going on. It might take a while, all the things. But what I was going to say is that in preparation for trying to have another baby, Prozac is not an anxiety medication that is compatible with pregnancy. I would have to switch medications, I believe, to either Zoloft or Lexapro. But also, because of how I am being so holistic, I would love the opportunity to be pregnant without medication. So I just kind of want to see where I'm at at that time. And it's something that I think about. And if I wasn't in my reproductive years, expanding my family years, I wouldn't have that anxiety. I would just stay on the medication because I feel so good on it for, for however long that I would need to. But I will cross that bridge when it comes. Just wanted to share that with you guys. Anyone who's taking the leap to take an SSRI, I'm so proud of you. I know it's never an easy decision, especially for those of us who haven't had the best experiences with Western medicine. But if you need it, you need it. I'm here to support you and I'm proud of you. And thank you guys for being invested in this journey. It really means a lot to me. We are talking in this episode about the struggle of anxiety. I went on anxiety medication earlier this year. And another thing that I have done for my anxiety is ketamine therapy. I am such a fan of ketamine therapy. I've done multiple podcasts devoted to the subject of ketamine therapy. And today I am so happy to tell you about Mind Bloom at home ketamine therapy. So they are the leading at home ketamine therapy company and they are the best. So if you're not sure what ketamine therapy is like, it is a psychedelic therapy. It works quickly. It doesn't have the unpleasant side effects of traditional medications that some people experience. And it is very different from traditional talk therapy. It goes far deeper and some say it's like 20 years of therapy in one session. That's the experiences that I've had. And I just cannot speak more highly of it. It is amazing. In a study of over 1,200 Mind Bloom clients, 89% reported improvements in their anxiety and depression after only two sessions. Right now, Mind Bloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com/blonde and use promo code blonde. Take the first step 
and break free from your anxiety and depression with Mindbloom. Mindbloom.com slash blonde, promo code blonde. I was lucky enough to have the founders of Clear Stem Skincare on the podcast just about a month ago. You have to listen. Kaylee and Danielle, they absolutely killed it. It was a top performing episode because everyone wants to learn about anti-aging, living non-toxic, how to heal acne, how to work with eczema and sensitive skin. And let me tell you, Clear Stem is the vibe. They are the anti-aging, anti-acne, and non-toxic brand all at the same time. It was formulated by the acne guru, which is Danielle, who was on the show. They have zero pore clogging ingredients and zero toxins, and it combines all three categories of skincare. Anti-aging meets anti-acne meets clean beauty. So it's designed to clear acne and stimulate collagen. So every single formula is equally anti-aging and anti-acne at the same time. It's based on over eight years of clinical work at the San Diego acne clinic and it was formulated by two women who just get it. So I have the most sensitive skin ever. I am using nothing in terms of skincare right now. Aside from clear stem, I'm so obsessed with it. I love their mind body skin supplement. It's a hormonal acne supplement that is the best natural alternative to Accutane. I'm obsessed. You guys are going to be obsessed too. Go to clearstemskincare.com and use code BALANCED for 15% off your order. That's clearstemskincare.com, code BALANCED for 15% off. Enjoy. Okay, let's head into our next question. It is so hard to choose because there are so many good ones. How to deal with fear of showing up as spiritual. That is from Amanda. Okay, so I can answer this question based off of my thoughts, but definitely not from personal experience because I have never been fearful of showing up as spiritual. I have always been one of those people who just wholeheartedly embraces who I am, what my interests are. Honestly, until I became a public figure, it never even occurred to me that there would be people out there tearing down this kind of stuff, that there would be people out there saying spirituality is, you know, this crazy thing to talk about or that that makes you weird or out there. I've always thought spiritual topics were so cool and so fascinating and just so magnificent to have a glimpse into these other worlds. And I feel like it doesn't really matter what you believe because over the course of the last 10 years, my beliefs have been busted wide open. My perceptions have been just absolutely shattered. I believe in anything and everything now because I have had firsthand experiences talking to Pleiadians, talking to angels and ancestors who've passed on, seeing people's faces shapeshift, I've had psychedelic experiences. I've timeline hopped. I've seen it all. But 10 years ago, I wasn't even sure if I could trust a medium or a tarot card reader. And now I know, of course, to be discerning because not everybody who claims to have these gifts actually has the gifts. But to show up as spiritual, my tip would be just embrace it. Just embrace who you are in all of your glorious entirety and know 
that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea. But when you embrace who you are and you lead with who you truly are inside, that signals to the universe that you are ready to align with the people who are supposed to know you. Maybe it's a group of friends, maybe it's an audience, whatever it is. Following your intuitive path and coming out of the spiritual closet, quote unquote, can only do good things. Of course, there might be some judgmental people. I know that people who grow up in a religious household can definitely face a lot more scrutiny than those of us who didn't grow up in a religious household. But I think anyone who's respectful, anyone who's worth being in your life is going to respect that this is part of you. And this is a passion that you have. Not to mention, we're living in the new paradigm. We are living in the Aquarian age. And in this new paradigm, it's time for people to hear about this stuff. If you've noticed, talking about spirituality, talking about even wellness, but let's talk just spirituality for now, has become so much more normalized, so much more mainstream. People don't really talk about it like the new age woo-woo stuff anymore. A lot of this stuff is just widely accepted. There's people like Joe Dispenza who are putting out books that talk about the science of the quantum field. Like this stuff isn't that crazy. I think you'd be surprised that a lot of people in your life are much more willing to embrace the spiritual sides of you than you even realize. For example, I'm definitely the most spiritual person in my group of friends that I grew up with or in my family. But that's so fun because people come to me when they want an astrologer or they want to know what's going on with the moon phases or they want me to tap into their intuition, my intuition, help them figure something out in their life. And I take that as such a gift because we're all different. We're all here with different medicine, different talents on this planet. So we might as well embrace what our unique interests are. I hope that that's helpful to you. Such a good question. Thank you so much for asking. Gabby says, have there ever been moments when you've thought about pivoting away from podcasting? I mean, I have to be honest. Yes. When I was having debilitating anxiety and panic attacks, I was thinking this is not a time for me to be public. This is not a time for me to be scrutinized, to be putting myself out there for everyone's opinion. But that only lasted for a couple weeks. And then I came back to my center. And even throughout that whole time, I realized podcasting and speaking to you guys in this way, whether it's on the podcast or the blog or social media, is truly one of the biggest gifts in my life. I feel like there is not a career path that could be more perfect for me. And I can't imagine what it would be if there were. I just feel so lucky to be able to talk to you guys in this way and to express myself and to meet incredible people who are guests on the show to work with the brands that I do. It all feels like such a gift. So yes, when I'm in my darker moments, I do think about the beauty, the amazingness of living off the grid, moving to Hawaii, not having to show up in a public way, not having to have people's opinions of me get thrown at me so often or hurt me so deeply, like maybe just live a very simple life out in nature with my family. But I think there's always the future for that. I feel like right now at this stage in my life, these are my years to work 
to be in the public eye, to provide for my family in the way that I do and to create and be expressive and do what I love. I think I'm really healing a lot of past life wounds by speaking up, speaking out in the open, talking about this spiritual stuff, not getting burned at the stake like I certainly was in previous lifetimes or locked up in psychiatric hospitals in previous lifetimes for talking about spiritual things openly. So ultimately, podcasting is my bread and butter. I feel like it really ties together everything that I do in my career in the perfect way. This is the hub. This is where you guys really, you know, get to see the real me and connect with me and where I get to connect with you. But who knows? I fly by the seat of my pants. I'm a reflector. (laughs) Maybe next year at this time, I'll be saying I have to go off the grid. I'm going to write fiction. I'm going to homeschool my kids. You never know what's coming in my future. But I do feel like I will always have this podcast no matter what, even in the future, whether it's like once a month in the future. I'm talking like 10 years from now, just because I love connecting with you guys in this way. But there are so many things that I want to do and so many things that are in the works with my team and things that I want to create. And I'm well aware from a business perspective that the podcast takes up a lot of my time and it has for seven and a half years. So we'll see if I ever pivot. It will be for a very, very good reason. So let's see what that reason might be one day if there is one. Okay, Flowed by Faith says, when did you feel like you were stepping into your true self for the first time? I love this question. And I wrote this one down specifically because I remember when I felt like I was stepping into my true self for the first time. I was 21. I was living in Florence. I was studying abroad in college. And this is when I realized with this party-centric lifestyle that I had been living, that that doesn't fill me up that alcohol and social life and being with people all the time and sharing a bedroom with multiple people and never being alone, never really exercising my creativity was not me. It was not the real me. And I think that was the first time I realized, even though I didn't really know how to express it to myself at the time that I was living for other people and not living as myself. And in human design, as a reflector, that is the ultimate to realize, oh, I'm mirroring everyone else. How could I possibly be me, my truest, happiest, most authentic, most joyful self if I'm not being the mirror? I'm mirroring others. So without knowing kind of the details of all of that, when I was 21, living in Italy, that's when I started realizing I would way rather take myself on a solo yoga retreat and write a fiction book than I would go to this huge party in Greece for Halloween with all of my friends at this crazy hostel in Mykonos, which I did do because I was still very much just coming to these realizations and feeling like I still need to live like everyone else, to be accepted and to have friends and to be normal, quote unquote. But that's when I realized after college, I want to do something really different, really adventurous, really independent. And I moved to New York. And that's when my life 
as who I am now really started. I had done a teacher training for yoga in my senior year. So I was teaching yoga. I started my blog. So I started to have this community online and I was just no longer drinking. I was eating vegan, eating really healthy. Everyone who I met living in New York who knew me from that time forward knew me as this healthy spiritual girl who they would come to for astrology readings or uh, health coaching advice. And I felt like this is who I really am. And of course, as time went on, because I was 22 at that time, over the course really of all throughout my 20s, I stepped further and further away from that inauthentic version of myself who partied, who people pleased, who didn't have boundaries, who lived with a bunch of other people and further and further into who I am now. And there was a time from about 24 to 26 where that was a really lonely, isolating experience because I was detaching more and more from who I was when I was young and living this kind of inauthentic version of myself even if it was fun at the time and I'm not saying I regret any of it because it was it was a good time in my life when I was younger but then stepping into who I am now and not really having the community yet that I do now that was a really really hard time and I think of it now like wow we do have to kind of surrender and give up a lot to become the person that we're really meant to be. And it's not that we always have to give something up, but I did have to give up kind of this old version of myself. And that's been a consistent theme in my life, this death of the old self, rebirth of the new self, evolving. And I think it's a beautiful way to live. But if you're asking this question and you're feeling like you haven't quite stepped into your true self yet, just know it's never too late. And it's always happening. Like we're always going to be stepping into an even truer version of ourselves. I feel like I'm doing that process all over again right now. But I love this question so much. Okay, next question. How and when did you find out that you were Pleiadian? So just a quick little Pleiadian thing for anyone who's listening who doesn't know that correlates to the star system, the Pleiades. You can take the starseed quiz on my blog if you're interested in seeing where you might be from on a soul level. But when I first discovered the Pleiadians, I was doing a session with a shaman and I saw her face shape shift and she told me about the Pleiadians. I saw her face turn into galaxies, turn into aliens, turn into Native American shamanic healers. And she told me the Pleiadians have been whispering your name for a long time. They've been trying to get into contact with you. And then that was all I needed, you guys. The floodgates opened and I was entirely hooked. I got the book Bringers of the Dawn, the Pleiadian Teachings by Barbara Marciniak. I read that cover to cover. I still read it, which reminds me of this amazing story that I promised I was going to tell you guys which I will get to in a second. And then I watched a lot of Pleiadian interviews on Gaia TV. I did a ton of Pleiadian conversations with channelers on this podcast. Just type in the Balanced Blonde Pleiadian to learn more and to hear those podcast episodes. But that's really how I got started. And then I started channeling them myself in 2017. And the rest was history. They're here now. They're with me always. Everything I say is kind of channeled with the Pleiadians. 
I am from that star system and it's very special. So the cool story is that randomly at the end of last month, I felt this deep inner desire to reread Bringers of the Dawn. I reread it like twice a year and not just like pick up from where I left off in the book, but pick up from the beginning. And I saw something in the beginning of the book that said that the Pleiadian constellation exists in the sky at exactly 28 degrees of Taurus. And this was at the end of Taurus season. It was toward like the middle end of May when I was reading the book. So I just decided to open one of my astrology apps and find out where we were in Taurus season. If we were at 28 degrees of Taurus, perhaps that day, because I knew if we were, then it would just be the craziest, most amazing synchronicity. And lo and behold, it was 28 degrees of Taurus season on that day. I freaked out. It was late at night. I told Jonathan, he doesn't know anything about astrology. And he was like, whoa, that's actually so cool. It was just really special and such an affirmation of being on the right path and just a little nudge from the Pleiadians to keep channeling them, keep them in my conversations, keep them in the podcast, all the things. And I'm willing to bet I feel like the Pleiadians are telling me to say this right now. If you're listening right now and some kind of wild synchronicity is happening, just look around because you're going to see some kind of synchronicity while you're listening to this, whether it's an angel number on the clock or a butterfly. I'm seeing this like blue butterfly image that I feel like some people listening are going to see. It's going to be something. I cannot wait. Please come tell me on Instagram what you see and what you feel. So fun. Okay, next question. How do you forgive yourself in friendships when it feels like you're in the wrong? This is from Lindsay. So, I mean, I think we've all been in this position and in friendships with me, I can say I don't feel like I've ever been so in the wrong that it would compromise my entire friendship with someone. But I've definitely been in situations where I've been in the wrong and I definitely need to apologize for that. And I always do. I feel like if this is a friendship that you care about and someone who you want to have an ongoing relationship and friendship with, then just own whatever it is that you are sorry for. Come from a genuine place. Explain yourself if you must, but see it from their point of view and just say, I'm really sorry. You know, I've had situations like that when my anxiety has been really bad and I've made decisions kind of in the moment that I know have been hurtful to people because I've pulled out of plans or I've changed plans around or I've just needed things to be really controlled in my own environment. I can be a little controlling and I've had to say, I'm really sorry. I know that this affected you. I know that I didn't handle this right. I was really being influenced by my anxiety and it's no excuse, but I'm working on it and I love you. And the people who are meant to be in your life, they're going to be like, I get it. Don't worry about it. Like, I know who you really are at your core and you weren't acting like yourself and that's fine. And I think when you have long-term, long-lasting friendships, those things are just going to happen. I have friends that I've been friends with since kindergarten and things come up. Like everybody's emotional. We all have feelings. You can tell someone like, I really miss you. I I don't feel like I've heard from you enough. Or someone can tell you, I don't feel like I've heard from you enough. Like I had a friend recently tell me like I was really thinking you were mad at me because I haven't heard from you. And I felt terrible because usually I feel like I'm the one on that end of it. But lives 
get busy and things get crazy and there's always room to apologize. So just be the bigger person. Don't feel like you're always right. I feel like that's also a marriage tip. I'm learning to be like, okay, I mean, I feel like I'm always right in marriage, in my relationship, (laughs) but you know, Jonathan's right sometimes too. And I have to give him that and all the things. guys, I am obsessed with Lumi. I have been using Lumi all the time. I keep it in my purse. They have all these cute little travel packs. And I want to tell you all about what Lumi is. They are a whole body deodorant for pits, privates, and beyond. They were created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved in clinical testing that the vagina is not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. So she developed Lumi, a quickly formulated pH balanced deodorant. It's aluminum free, skin safe, and clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. I had Lumi in my purse when I went to my cousin's wedding and it was the hottest day of the year and everybody was drenched in sweat. I was literally sticking to the chairs beneath me. I was so happy that I had it. It really worked. And I also love their amazing scents. It is all, like I said, aluminum-free, baking soda-free, and paraben-free. And the different scents that they have are everything from clean tangerine, I love that one, to toasted coconut, minted cucumber, lavender sage, fresh alpine, peony rose. They also have an unscented. And I know that you guys are going to absolutely love, so you've got to check it out. Of course, we have a special deal for you. And to get that special deal, new customers can get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with the code BALANCED at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use the code BALANCED, B-A-L-A-N-C-E-D. Enjoy. Let me know what you think. I love the toasted coconut. Tell me what your favorite is. Let's talk about Kosas. I am obsessed. You might have seen them on my Instagram because I have had a lot of rashes on my face lately. Very sad, lots of inflammation. So I've been really using nothing but clean skincare and beauty. But also I've been more into foundation and concealer and just different products that make me feel glowy and make me feel good when I am in a flare. So what I've been loving from Kosas, like truly obsessed, and you should go to my Instagram story highlights to see a tutorial of how I've been using it, but I've been using their Revealer Concealer. It is so good. It is clean makeup for skincare freaks. Their complexion products are actually proven to make your skin better. They're dermatologist tested. They're safe for sensitive and acne prone skin. They're hypoallergenic. And I just love the way it feels on my skin. It's super light. I love the shade. The shade really matches my skin tone. And then I top that with their Glow IV. Oh my God, I am obsessed with that product. It has a little shimmer in it. It's my favorite thing. And then I also put their Cloud Setting Powder over it. 
And my dad today said, oh my God, your rashes are gone. And I said, no, I'm just wearing really beautiful, clean makeup. And even he was very impressed. So don't choose between wearing great makeup and taking care of your skin. Right now, Kosas is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more when you go to kosas.com slash balanced. Go to kosas.com slash balanced for 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more. That's kosas.com slash balanced. Enjoy. Okay, we're going to do quick fire for a few of the final questions. And we have to do a part two. I always say this, but I had like 50 questions written down here. And I don't think we even got to half of them. So let's do a part two. But if you could do only one thing a day for your health, what would it be? This is from Jackie. I thought about this for a while. And it was a really, really hard answer because there's so many tips I would give. I think I would say nourish your body with good pure, clean food from the earth. And I'm not talking any particular diet here, just like good food, non-GMO, organic, if you can. Something else to add on top of that, take a probiotic. Just Thrive Health probiotic code balanced is the best. I think that really helps with gut microbiome, which can also help with mood, which can help with anxiety, which can help with so many other things. So I highly recommend that. And then to take it to a whole other level, If there's one thing that I would do weekly, lately it's been colonics. And for people who are suffering from inflammation or chronic illness, I cannot tell you how much better I feel after getting back into colonics just for the last three weeks. So definitely, if that's not too much for you, think about that. You could also do an enema at home. Okay, this is a scandalous one, but we're going to get into it for a second. Current view on Anthony William, aka the medical medium with cancel culture attacking him. I haven't really wanted to talk about this because it's a very sensitive subject. And if you haven't heard about it, don't even get into it because it's just a whole lot of stuff going on on the internet. But I know Anthony. I love Anthony. He's been on this podcast twice. They're two of my favorite, most proud conversations that we've had because the medical medium has changed so many lives. I love, love him, love Anthony. I think he's nothing but an incredible healer, a genuine person. We've become friends and I haven't seen him in a long time. Haven't talked to him in a long time but I get very genuinely good vibes from him. I know that there's a lot of accusations out there and it sounds like a really sad, really tricky situation happened with him and a friend of his who passed away and there was an article written about it. And I can't get involved because I don't really know what fully happened. I feel horrible for her. I feel horrible for her family. But one thing that I will say is that I'm really not into cancel culture. I'm very anti-cancel culture. So Anthony being canceled without really having the chance in that big article, at least to share his side of the story is not something that I could personally stand behind. I'm never going to jump on the bandwagon of canceling and hating someone. And I just think we need to remember to have compassion for everyone And I have compassion for all sides in that situation, but I don't know enough about it, but I'm just 
yeah, I'm not, I'm not canceling Anthony myself. So that would be my answer to that question. Okay. Let's do two more really quick thoughts on the Vanderpump rules reunion. I thought it was iconic. I'm still laughing about everything that James said. I thought Andy did amazing. I thought Ariana was the ultimate bombshell. I thought that Sheena was extremely touching in everything that she shared and opened up about and she was crying. And actually, I want to have Sheena back on the show. She was on earlier this year. Sheena, if you hear this, please come back on. I thought everyone did an amazing job. I thought Raquel and Tom were sinister in their lack of emotion and lack of apology. I thought it was really scary. I think Raquel definitely needs help. And I hope that she's getting the help that she needs because her reaction and the non crying, even when Sheena was like shaking with tears and Ariana, I thought was really quite disturbing. I could do a whole episode on this. And Tom Sandoval needs to let his ego go. He needs to express genuine apology, make it about Ariana, just like suck it up. Don't give us any butts or likes or anything. Just be sorry. I think that would go a really, really long way. So those are my thoughts on that. And final question, what are my top spiritual practices right now? Meditating every day, lots of Joe Dispenza. I'm working on meditations for you guys. And that's been a big part of my spiritual practice lately. And finally, a lot of people wanted some Atticus stories, and I don't even know where to begin other than to tell you that Atticus is the light of my life. He's perfect. He's amazing. He's a year and a half as of, let's see, what day is this coming out? What's the date? Oh my God. As of today, I freaking knew it. That's why I looked at the date on June 21st, the solstice. He will be a year and a half. He is hilarious. He's so sweet. He's talking. He's running around. He's really into basketball. He loves playing basketball at the park and at home. He loves soccer. He's such a boy. And he's the sweetest in the entire world. I am so in love with him. If you haven't seen the video that I posted of him saying to me, and when I said to him, who's your best friend? And he said, mama. And I put that video on my Instagram. That will go down in history as my favorite video of all time. I'm also so excited to see the photos from the photo shoot that we did. He's just amazing. He's the light of my life. And he's teaching me so much. I'm letting him manifest our home because we are searching for a house right now and the market's not great, but we are looking nonetheless. And all of my healers have said, just leave it up to Atticus, let him manifest the home energetically. So that's what I'm doing. And really, really so grateful to be his mom, honestly. So grateful to be Jonathan's wife. I'm obsessed with my family. I'm obsessed with my boys. We got to have Jonathan back on soon. But if you haven't heard him on the latest episode from about three weeks ago, then you got to listen because he's the best guest. Okay, with that, I'm going to send this into my editor. I'm going to take a bath. It is Friday night when I'm recording this and it is time to chill. I love you guys. Let me know on Instagram what you want to hear next on the next solo episode and i can't wait we'll be back next week with a fantastic guest i love you so much thank you guys so much for listening to the show i'm so happy that you're here come say hi on instagram at the balance wand and tell me what your favorite part of this episode was 
Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and send me a screenshot of your rating and review for a free Soul on Fire yoga ebook. See you next Wednesday. Love you guys. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.